Hey everyone, this is Craig. And before we get started with our episode today, just wanted to give you a little heads up. This is a little off the beaten track of what we normally do, but I thought it would be fun to have a conversation with the creative team at Hume Lake Christian Camps and how they come about their yearly summer camp theme. Um, it's fairly involved, and um, but it's still going from passage to message, and I thought this would be a good episode for anyone who's thinking about putting together six or seven messages for a camp or conference, or if you're looking at summer camp theme planning or VBS theme planning, this might have some insights that you would appreciate. So without further ado, this is the Teaching Pastor Podcast. If you had one week to impact the lives of a thousand students, how would you do it? It might start with 10 people in a cabin in the woods with their Bibles, whiteboards, and a ridiculous amount of junior high level snacks. It's not about outdoing last year, it's about doing different well. Don't address the peripheral symptoms, aim at the root causes and core motivations. And what the heck is the genre of zombie bayou? In this episode of The Teaching Pastor, we sit down and have a chat with Jay Johnson and Derek Gear, members of the creative team at Hume Lake Christian Camps. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Teaching Pastor podcast. And we're here. I mean, how would you describe this place? This, uh, this is a studio. It's a chapel, a former chapel turned into a turned studio. Turned into a studio. And I am here with the Hume Lake creative team, or at least portions of the Hume Lake creative Parts. team, Jay Johnson and Derek Gear, And um, so how, how are you guys? I mean, this is the end of the summer. And so I would imagine Man. people are ready to pass out. I mean, or is that stage passed? Like how quickly does that rhythm go through? Yeah, you know, like everybody's kind of getting some time off, but we're gearing up also for the fall. So, you know, Hume never stops. We're always in motion. <laughs> always and, moving. Um, we just wrapped up a little something yesterday, Derek. Yeah, so it's crazy that now, all of a sudden, you know, we have the, the, the two parts of the creative process, right? We've got the camp directors who speak into it, and then we kind of got this creative team that we've established now. And so now what's fun is we get to be able to kind of separate a little bit of that and work together in tandem. But as you guys are running camp, we get to move forward with the next season. And so... You know, we just finished up uh, our summer stuff. And so the camp directors, yeah, being tired of the creative team, you know, we were off and running on to the next season. Next so we season. just we just finished filming our winter theme uh, film. And it is it is awesome to be done in summer for winter. And I mean, that's all in post-production now. Yeah, we just finished. So now it goes to the editing, the mixing, the, the, uh, the music, all of the artwork, all, of, all the kind of stuff that goes to promote it. So we're, we're off and running. Well, this will be great. And that's a little teaser for what we're going to get into. But I guess the first, because Jay is going to be more on the program side, Derek, more on yeah. the on the um, production, graphics, stuff like that. Um, but the, the real question that I think we should start with is, who is the most OCD of the two of you? <laughs> so we got into this conversation just yesterday. yesterday. There was... Uh, they were wrapping up the winter filming and they were trying to put some stuff away. And I am in charge of where things go when it comes to the props. And they had used a bunch of Hume San Diego flats and the stuff. Store of obscurity. Yeah, some have you... called me a hoarder. Yeah. That's good. They have shows about you, Jay. Yeah. Well, I'm not a hoarder. I just don't like building stuff every year. I'm trying to be a good steward of God's resources. Of right? nails and crates. We like oh, that. We need it's that. a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. <laughs> and I love it because I go into where those places are used for storage and I find great things that I never thought that we would ever use again. And yet here it is staring me right in the face. The perfect thing for whatever genre it is that we're trying to look for. And so there, the question came up yesterday, who is more particular, Jay or Derek? Oh, it was a tough question because I, I mean... I was giving you a hard time. You were. And did other people weigh in? Because this was all on the radio. Like you were doing On the this radio, remotely. which then turned into like the whole team. A bunch of the team was up at the program warehouse. and I pulled up and uh, Jay gave me a hard time for giving him a hard time for being particular because he thinks I'm more particular than he is. Well, in a set build, like 
how it looks and the particulars of it are very particular when I can, it comes to your I can particularness. I be very specific in what I, I desire, what I want. Yeah. And uh, so to me, it was more about depending on what we're talking about. Creative particularity and hoarding particularity, <laughs> I hoarding think. Hoarding is, is the, such a... It's a <laughs> such a negative word. Such a negative All word. Right. It's All, not, right. All right. Yeah. So, okay. So just give people a sense of... Um, that aren't familiar with kind of the Hume Lake summer camp, um, high school, junior high, offsite, stuff like that. What exactly are we talking about when we're talking about theme and biblical theme? Just give us a little overview of what that kind of looks like. Yeah, the spiritual direction for the week. And that has been in development since I think the 70s at Hume when kind of the Hume program was really in development into the 80s, these golden years of camping ministry that then guys like Derek and I came on staff and just had this foundation. And and really, you know, the, a theme was like a verse and a graphic and hiring of a speaker. And you can speak on whatever you want. But like that was you know, in a nutshell, which is a pretty, it's probably a pretty small nut at that point, um, what the theme was about. And that has developed over the years as guys like Derek have been involved and, and a number of us here at Hume, when we're just trying to give students um, a, a direction to engage God's word when it comes to their week of camp the week and the of experience camp. that they're going to have here at Hume Lake okay. Christian Camp. And that has over, that's gone through an evolution through the years. I've seen some of that. You guys have been part of some of that. And every we all kind of jump on the bus at a certain place. And you were alluding to that there have been people that have gone before Absolutely. and that are kind of still up and around and also have moved on to other camps and whatnot. But at this point, the Hume Lake theme development is a pretty, like you guys have, painted yourself into a bit of a corner because it's gotten bigger and better every year kind of a thing. Oops. And now here you are. Uh, is there, is there ever a sense where it's like, how are we going to match or top what has happened before? You know, that's probably one of the most stressful sides about what we do is recognizing that what we just pulled off was so awesome, so fun and could probably never replicate it again. And yet we're supposed to do something if not, better but as great if not better for the next summer and and for us we, it's always been a struggle to have that question in the back of our minds of how do you outdo yourself every time and i remember conversations back in the day with uh, uh with bob phillips and i remember him telling me um it's not it's not about making it better because that's a monster that continues to grow and grow and grow and all of a sudden you just can't feed it enough right creativity with resources whatever and so he always just challenged us I would say I think you had that same probably that same conversation yeah, back in yeah. the day but of uh, you don't go better you don't outdo yourself you do different hmm. you do different well and so for us that's always been part of my philosophy hmm. at least and I think across the board in our program team is that no matter what we put our hands to that we would do it with excellence and we would do it unto the Lord and we would look back and go wow God bless that and we see the um, you know, the, the, the creativity, the inspiration, the motivation, the execution, the excellence, all of that pushing towards a final goal of how do students hear the gospel in a fun, creative way. And uh, when, you, when you start to do fun themes that get so big, you, uh, you don't want to get, we don't want to get lost in, in how big and how fun it was for the next year. We want to, we want to go, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness yeah. and move on to, okay, where does God want us to go now? Yeah. And so there's a fun, um, in a sense, freedom that comes from that, that it's not outdoing ourselves yeah. year after year after year after year. It comes down to obedience for us, for me at least. Yeah. It's that, okay, God, I don't know what you want us to do and where you want us to go and how, how big it needs to be. I believe in your spirit. I believe that you are working within us together as a team um, to do a, to accomplish your will for this, you know, for these students who come into the chapel. And so there's a little bit of a freedom that comes yeah. with that, knowing it's yeah. bigger than just us outdoing ourselves. I love the I love the phrase do different better. Just do different 
do better. And that's, yeah. and that's, I think that's a great way to do it. Now, for those who haven't been up to Hume, and we're talking about a theme, we're talking about the idea of taking a, um, at this point, it's either been like a biblical character, a Bible book, a Bible story, or a theological theme, and pacing it out over six messages over the week, along with some kind of genre theme, thematic um, film or stage presentation that kind of serves as a metaphor of sorts for that. Would, is that does that sound like, how would you describe yeah. a Hume-like theme? Yeah, I think, how are we going to challenge students from God's word? How are we going to, as students are at camp, like, what are they going to walk away from camp with um, in, the, in their walk with the Lord? And so looking at um, looking at culture, looking at um, where students are at, that is the start of the process. The process begins with talking to youth pastors at um, either a, a dinner or a breakfast or a private conversation and just going, where are your students at? What are the things that you're seeing in your church, in your community, in culture that are pulling students away from God that we can then address from God's word and point them back to their relationship with the Creator. So the whole the idea of theme development starts even a year before, as youth pastors are bringing their kids up. Yes. And then you're hosting them one night of that week at a house, and then you're just saying, "Hey, what's going on with your kids? What can we do better? How does this?" So what have been some of those conversations been like? Like what have been some of the challenging things that? You think right now youth pastors are looking at, even as you talked with youth pastors this last summer, yeah. what are the things right now that students are dealing with? Well, I mean, when you look at this last year and the theme Kajua that we just wrapped up, to know um, is is what Kajua means. And um, we, uh, we sat in, we sat in, um, these meetings, Craig, and um, it you you start to listen to the things that they're talking about, and in these particular um, meetings last summer, it was that students didn't know God's word, and that the biblical literacy, the stories, um, uh, the culture were all drawing students away from God's word, and. Um, for me, I sat there almost in horror listening to this, and you start to hear a little bit in my voice how how yeah. traumatic I think that was. Because for me, God's word is so beautiful and important, mm. and I've built my entire career at Hume around communicating God's word. Yeah. And 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 so the fact that that they were saying this was just was just terrifying to me. And so as we as we looked at that, we took the theme and and the direction. And when, if they don't know God, they're not going to love God. And if they don't love God, they're not going to follow Him and walk with Him in, in a daily relationship. And so that became kind of the purpose or the direction behind it. We told the whole redemptive story from Genesis to Revelation. The theme verse was John 3.16, this, this beautiful verse that we many of us know. You see it at the football game. You see it at, at all over. And... Um, it was all about telling the redemptive story, the grand narrative of God's word throughout yeah. six different messages, through a 60-minute video or, or six different um, stage presentations and live drama in Meadow Ranch. Um, That's not ambitious at all. <laughs> I mean, just all you need to do is tell the grand narrative of Scripture <laughs> and just do it in six sessions. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So how do you do <laughs> and that? And just base it on John three sixteen. Yeah. You know, whatever, you know, just simple, right? Simple, just oh, simple. Man. No, that's okay. So we're, I want to get into the nitty gritty of that, but yeah. this idea of sitting down with youth pastors and picking their brains, it, this, the theme is not coming out of just you guys sitting down around a table. Hmm. This is about a partnership with the local churches Correct. and, and having some of that, just yeah. so, what some of the other things, cause you can't hit everything, but what just, if people are listening right now, just give them a, a quick, one minute glimpse into youth culture right now. And Derek, chime in on this too. Um, go for it. Yeah, you know, I think uh, nowadays what I've been hearing is students are are really caught up with where their worth is at. And, you know, with the 
how pervasive social media is. It's doing something to our youth. It's teaching them to live in a certain way that, um, that, that misplaces their self-worth. And to me, I, I think that's a, a sad, a sad state of this generation is recognizing that they don't, they don't fully grasp who they are as a child of God. Um, whether it's Christians or unbelievers, uh, to me, it's across the board that having a right recognition of God as father and uh, being sons and daughters adopted into, um, into his family, to me, that is something that students need to hear. They need that message. They need to understand what their identity is. And so often we hear so many of the symptoms of you know, um, self-harm or suicide rates are up these days and just so many things that are so disheartening for us in culture that youth pastors are bringing up and talking to us about our job then is to go, what are those, what are those um, symptoms of a deeper issue? And our goal was never to address the peripheral symptoms. Our goal has always been to come back to what are the root causes of those things. And as we discuss as a program team, what, what it is that we, we want students to walk away with, it's not necessarily the do better, you know, read your Bible more, pray. All those things are, are in of themselves can be good. But, you know, we want to get down to the core issues. We want to get down to a right understanding of who they are in front of a, a perfect and holy God and um, come face to face with their depravity and recognize their sinful nature. And, um, and so we want to we want to really get down to those those the bottom line things, you know, at a, in a six message camp, right? You have only so many minutes with these students and for us to waste time on some of the peripheral subjects that may be culturally relevant to us, our time is short with these students and we want to dive into the core values of Christianity, of what the Bible teaches. And so that's where we'll refine down from youth pastors and what we've been hearing lately in regards to some of those things. And hopefully get down to the root causes as best we can in a week of, of camp. Yeah. So. And leverage this location up in the Sierras, distraction-free. We're in an environment removing those distractions, a unique week in the life of a student's year where God seems to have a voice. Mm. Um, and this place has been a place that people hear God's voice. And so leveraging that as a means of bringing the right program, bringing the right stuff in, and imagining that God is going to meet in that process and do some awesome work. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fun to watch, you know, as as the camp directors develop program and as we develop theme and all those things, we're very mindful of what are the memory makers? What are those pivotal moments in a student's life where they're going to forever remember that moment they had, that face-to-face time that they had with God in a sense, uh, when they have the distractions completely removed, they're standing in awe of His creation, they're, they're bumping shoulders with other students who love the Lord. They're worshiping twice a day, hearing the Bible taught more. You know, It's just it's amazing to see the immersive environment that camp becomes all of a sudden. And we just get to be good stewards of, of having fun with that and, and honoring God's word through it. Right. And, but then also knowing we have them for a week. They're not going anywhere. And, you know, youth group, they get them once a week. And yet we get them all week long. And so we don't have to worry about them. Are they going to come back next week? And so we can have a message, succession of messages that build on each other um, and that hopefully will create those those moments in their life and their those memories that will be pivotal for their life to come. So, so good. So good. And we'll, we'll hopefully later on, if we have some time, we'll get into kind of the philosophy of Christian camping with that in mind rather than a retreat center, why a Christian camp and what that what what all have, how all that works. But. You guys have to get from passage to message, just like a pastor. You know, this this podcast is mostly about pastors and how they get from passage to message. But you guys also have this task of going from passage to message, and you're committed to going from Bible, Bible truth, theological truth, to producing some kind of a message or at least a platform for messages. And so let's just talk a little bit about the process. Like we, you, you you're picking youth pastors' brains as they've come up the year before. Yep. Once the summer's done, how long does it take for you guys to start thinking about the next <laughs> year? We're in it. We're in it. it like you sit there Not in those stop. meetings with youth pastors and you're always like, okay, how is this going to play out? And so um, as uh, as we start that process with, with the church, the local church, we then 
um, throughout summer, like the last three to four weeks of summer start to meet. And, and summer go, goes 10 weeks. It's a 10 week, 10 summer. weeks. Right. And, um, so June to August, June to August, I'm in San Diego having these meetings. Um, Kip Strawbridge is out in New England having meetings, talking about like where students are at. And so we all start to meet and to have a series of usually about three, sometimes two meetings to kind of go, okay, what are we hearing? And then once summer's done, once students are gone, we all get some rest. We kind of um, have other things going on as well, start prepping for the fall. But, but, um, but then really take that process and go up into a cabin here uh, at the lake and um, and really start to flesh out what the theme is going to look like. Like, where do we, how do we communicate the the things that that youth pastors are are talking about um, from God's word? How do okay. we address it with God's word? So that's where it went from like kids don't know the Bible to let's tell the whole redemptive story yeah. from Genesis to Revelation and start walking through yeah. that. Okay, so that process. Who is who's present in this cabin in the woods um, when you are when you begin that? Like, how many people are there? What what people are present for that? Yeah, it's the it's the entire camp director team, and then um, and then the creative team too. So yeah, yeah. we uh, what what we like to do is we take that. Well, we haven't even said this yet. We we literally take two weeks to develop this. Yeah. And, okay. um, and so that to me is something that is very important as, as we look at the time allotted, the organization believes enough in this that we can take the time to develop the spiritual theme, to develop the genre, to, to really dive into it exhaustively. And so that's amazing to not have the distraction of trying to have to do all the other work stuff, but you know, an organization that believes in it so much that allows us to go up there and really pour into the themes. That, amazing. That's awesome. And I want to talk a little bit about the, um, like how the, the benefit of not just doing this in one day, the benefit of what happens over two weeks. But so who are, who are the camp directors that would be present? Like uh, there's a Meadow Ranch, the junior high, junior high, high school, Hume, San Diego, um, the, the, the entire camp director team, Kip, um, flies out from New, New England, England. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's all the people that are. Yeah, we have we have our wildwood ground. wildwood wagon train. Yep. Um, camp directors as well. Yeah. Even though wildwood doesn't use the theme, we want you him. want you want and, those. And, these are voices yeah, that absolutely. other voices yeah. that are. We we work a lot in teams. So this yeah. is this is the creative process, the team coming together, flushing out where we're gonna go and how it's gonna look and like the theology behind it storylining it the whole night yeah so you guys you get in a cabin with a considerable amount of snacks if i remember this correctly because i was at a couple of these yeah. and um oh. who's in charge of buying the snacks uh it felt like 10 year old kids were yeah yeah there <laughs> there certainly were we pretty much have candy and cheese everything until rachel came along and yeah. started like brought like a vegetable platter with ranch. It's like, where did this come from? Where, 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 where are the gummy worms? I don't think there was yeah, ranch right? even. It was like hummus. Maybe. Yeah, it know, was like all this stuff. So what, what snacks go quickest when you're in this meeting? I mean, you're in, there are no calories up at Hume Lake, but. Oh man, yeah. the Mike and Ike's go quick for me. Yeah, the the cheese puffs. Oh, the puffs. The puffs. The I, uh, white cheddar popcorn. White okay. cheddar popcorn. We all have kind of our, are the things that we like. It's um, the muse. You need yeah, a the, muse. The you know, Mike and Ike's are a muse. Yep. The pocket snacks, pocket, you know, that's oh, what, we, that's what I call snacks. them. Nice. You know? yeah. Always I'm have them in your a, pocket. I'm kind of a mini donut guy. I mean, that's. Oh, pop but it's, yeah. 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 We do have some yeah. pop -ums. Yeah. Uh, one of the one of the traditions has been uh, chili con queso. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, just a can of chili, a can of queso. That you actually brought we, that. That's your specialty. And everyone, everyone oh, loves it's it. Delicious. You know, yeah. It's so oh. bad for us, but we just great. See, some people think this just happens. Day. This is just all mental work. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no. This no. is a holistic the body experience. Has to get into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So someone purchases completely unhealthy snacks. Yep. Except for Rachel, she she brings the good stuff, and then um, who who's kind of leading the process? Hmm. Who does that? Is that Jay? Are you doing that, Derek? Are you doing that? Yeah. So that's kind of morphed over the years. Um, in the past, uh, Rich Baker kind of helped run it, um, but 
as we've kind of restructured some things, what we've done now is Jeff Brannon is in charge of our youth team now. And so he's really trying to head this time up because it really exhaustively hits our youth camp world. And so he's going to head up a lot of the spiritual direction of things. And then once we start to turn the corner and get into the how do we implement the spiritual direction, that's when I'll take over okay. on the creative side of things and help lead that discussion. Okay, so let's start early. Early in the process, you guys are starting with the idea of what is going to be our kind of biblical, theological content. How are you brainstorming that? You know, is it just like, let's just get the whiteboard out? Like, how does that work? Oh, it's definitely a whiteboard. Big Sometimes whiteboard. Sometimes two, maybe three, depending yeah. on how much. But uh, for for the process, usually we take what the youth pastors say. We try and sift that out and go, okay, what, what scriptures speak to that cultural relevancy? What's, what scriptures speak to the core values of what we want to address with students? And uh, sometimes that's, you know, that's Elijah. Sometimes that's Peter. And we throw those characters on the board. Um, sometimes it's just a key verse that really speaks to that. Uh, other times, uh, lately, it's been a little bit more in, a, in a, an exhaustive overview sense of addressing some of those where, you know, that's where we got the, uh, the grand narrative from uh, this last year. And so it really it kind of is a, a back and forth discussion that once we have the, the cultural things we want to address, then it is filling a whiteboard with a lot of different um, spiritual truth, biblical truth that addresses those things. Okay. And then uh, as we look at that, it's trying to trying to dissect that into, into what a, a week might look like to okay. a certain degree. And so it's a roundabout way and... Um, uh, of developing, you know, which specific direction we want to go. Uh, but as we start those, those two weeks, we go in united. We go in with saying, we're going to do Peter. We're going to do Elijah. We're going to do the grand narrative. Uh, so that way, when we're in those two weeks, it's not sifting back and forth okay. which direction we want to go. It's going into that, that time going, this is the direction. So you've already decided before you ever get into the cabin in the woods with snacks what direction about spiritual formation you're going to do. That is the goal. That's that the is goal. the goal to get in there and to have that. Now, what team is doing that before then? Like what is that That's the same, same, team? Team. same team? Same team. Same team. Same team. Yep. Okay. Now I would imagine, cause there's all kinds of great scriptures and there's great ways that there's a ton. And the idea of like killing your darlings mm. and thinking like <laughs> this would be awesome, but oh. it's not where we're going. Like how yes. often are you guys like, put a pin in that because we got to do that one day like is how does oh, yeah. that how does that all work? yeah there's there's ones that we just are always like man we can't wait to get to that story because the beauty of god's word is that there are so many narratives or different stories different scriptures that will address where humanity is throughout time right and and so uh there are there are a number that um you know, we kind of save for, for later or something. But, but at the end of the day, we want to make whatever direction we plan to go, we want to make it as clear as possible. Yeah. And so that's what drives the whole process then right. is how do we carefully and, and very clearly communi communicate God's word, but very creatively as well. So carefully, creatively, and clearly communicate God's word um, so that when a speaker stands on stage, they can point back to the text and, and God's word and the truth that that is yeah. more than, you know, kind of the, the fun story genre stuff that we do. Right. Yeah. The, I, you know, when a speaker, any pastor gets on stage, you, you think the three point sermon is gone. It's mm -hmm. gotta be a one point sermon. Like the one point sermon is mm -hmm. what lands. Mm -hmm. And for you guys, you've got to do all this editing a year in advance for an evening on the stage at Hume so that this this whoever's coming up to do this can laser in on the main on the main point. Um, are you as you're looking at like you've you've done you've done the book of Acts or the life of Paul. Yeah, you've done the um, I mean, I think this might have been before your time, but the parable of the prodigal son. Yeah, um, you've done um, the life of Peter. You've you've done the life of Jesus, right? Oh, yeah. Pirate themed. Yeah. That Jesus. Well, that uh, was actually Peter. That was Peter. that was Peter okay. and his interaction with Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we did, yeah, we did Christ 
in right. Phoenix Dark, a 1920s film noir feel. Yeah. I know. Detective I love it. I love it. it I love awesome. that. I love that one because I there was this little kid and he he was asking the question, is 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 Jesus a good guy or a bad guy? Uh-huh. And I thought that is such mm. an that's such an awesome response to come out of this with because well first of all Jesus doesn't fit well into a category and he's going to be experienced as either good guy or bad guy depending on who's doing this yeah. so anyway I thought that I mean just a what what an awesome awesome thing we're getting I'm getting too pumped up here okay <laughs> but so you guys you also done the life of Saul yeah King Saul now this last year you didn't do a passage you didn't do I guess if you did a passage you probably did the Genesis one through three sure. kind of a thing. Creation took up a lot of creation, uh, the sin, beginning of right. what we were trying yeah. to Yeah, and really, I mean, we spent four days just on Law and Prophets. Okay. Four days of the of the 10, of the two-week okay. time. We spent, how are we going to communicate the Law and the Prophets <laughs> and the importance of the grand narrative yeah. in the redemptive story? Like, like it's it's... It's not easy. Yeah. Like we are, yeah. we are debating theologically. Yeah. Um, we've got one night. We've got one night in to camp communicate to it. communicate the role of the law and the prophets to, to understand the the idea of a mediator and and what sacrifice is. Huh. And those are two things that this generation has completely missed. That they that for somewhere in in their development hmm. uh, and understanding of the Bible, that has been something that maybe youth pastors, I don't know what it is, but we, we tend to gloss over that quickly, right? Okay. And so to have them, we wanted them to understand that for context of who Jesus is and how he fulfills those two things perfectly yeah. uh, and ultimately. And so it's a, it was a fun, very difficult process, but I think very needed um, for where we were at. Yeah, so, okay, this is great because you guys sit down, you're talking about this year was this kind of theological theme. And I remember mm-hmm. talking to, you guys, you're like, man, I, I don't know if we bit off more than we can chew. I don't <laughs> I know. Was scared. If we were just, all scared. We were so all terrified. Ambitious. Yeah. And I think the reason was it wasn't a narrative. It wasn't yeah. a passage. Um, it wasn't even just a theme, like a thematic thing. It was, it was, it was very theological in scope. And so that's a different set of muscles than just exegeting Absolutely. a passage. This is about synthesizing biblical truth, systematically biblical theology and 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 working it into a narrative scope. Oh, right. what do you leave out? Yeah. Right. It's there's so many pivotal things. There's so many, right. you know, foundational ideas there that which one do you just go I, that's not as important? Well, how do you even say that? You yeah, know? but yeah. that's the importance <laughs> of the like, process. Oh that's the gosh. importance of the process <laughs> right. and us like debating those things. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you include? What do you do you not include and yeah. and how do we communicate it to high school and junior high students? Yeah, I could just see like you're in this group of people who all love the Bible and you're like, no, we can't we can't do that. What do you mean you can't tell the story of Abraham? Or, <laughs> what do you so mean? Good. You know, like Isaiah's a footnote in this or what do you mean? Like, mm. you know, what about John the Baptist? What we do, you know, so but it's such a grand theological narrative that you had to make your decisions. You had yeah. to edit um, and of course the Bible's there for everybody to go back and read. So it's not like they're going to miss, you know, this is a, for lack of a better term, this is a gateway drug oh, that's the into yeah. theology, yeah. you know, um, and, um, in a creative engaging way. Now this is the beginning of a student's now theological journey. We just gave them, sorry, the drug metaphor, their first hit, you know, <laughs> into this and maybe it's going to catch. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always like in my mind, um, like, what is the purpose? It's always pointing back to the purpose. Will they know God in a deeper way? Will they know God's word in a deeper way? And we all interact with with God's word differently as we read it in the context of who we are and the experience that we have and our 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 heritage, our theology, all those things. And so we took that narrative this year and put it into the to um, the context of three friends that were walking through life and interacting with the story and their responses to God and and learning about Him. Yeah, and we'll put a link. We'll put a link um, in the show notes to either the trailer or if the full length can yeah. is available yeah, on online. video. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we can. We'll put a link to that. But so, just tell me, scripturally, theologically, how did those six days then play out? Like what? 
what was day was day one and how did you what were the laser focuses of each of those six days briefly yeah so god and creation um into day two sin and separation from him law and prophets and and sacrifice as derek explained into christ and the humanity of christ the deity of christ and that christ is going to return okay so those are the six overarching main points of the grand narrative and the storyline that we, okay. we tried to walk through. Yeah. Um, there are traditionally in, at least at Hume Lake and in kind of the, um, uh, the Christian camping tradition, there is this kind of idea of creating crisis points for students, um, for anyone, uh, to, if they're not having a crisis in their own life, like creating a crisis, and bringing them to a point of decision or a decision night. And traditionally mm. up here, those have been like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. Like a Tuesday night is a first time decision. Present the gospel. Present yeah. the gospel by, by that after they've understood, you know, God and sin. Yeah. Here, here's a decision night. And then like Thursday has traditionally been a rededication night. Right. Now, so, <laughs> so here's the, this is the thing is, how much is sometimes that like how much does that help you or bind you like do you feel compelled to follow that pattern or and how helpful or unhelpful can that be at times hmm. I, I certainly theologically you might people who are listening to this might even um, think about well what is the value of this kind of crisis point can't god just do his work in time and i think the hmm. thing in at, at hume has been well we're going to call people to a point of decision after a presentation of the gospel. Um, and it's just part of the tradition, the Methodist Keswick, more reformed Keswick position in this. You can look up these terms um, <laughs> theologically, look up models of sanctification and you can look at, at this sort of stuff. But um, how much does that play into, like, do you feel like, are there, are there years you're like, ah, I don't, I don't think that like Tuesday, Thursday model works or how does that work? So uh, yeah, it's been something that has been developed over, um, some time now that um, back in the day we used to kind of just kind of willy-nilly put it all up there we were locked into a Tuesday Thursday kind of call um, to action uh, idea and kind of out of that formulated the the structure of establishing the character of God establishing the depravity of man and then ultimately getting into Jesus uh, and, and his sacrifice and resurrection for us and then ultimately getting into the idea of repentance and then the send off. Right. So there's um, over time that basic structure, uh, that framework, that skeleton um, had had really given us kind of rails to to follow uh, when you start to put in um, this, the life of Elijah or Peter or King Saul. You know, you start to try and follow that format because really we're dealing with a lot of students who don't know the Lord. And so when you talk about the gospel, you want to first help them understand the character of God and his love for humanity. And yet here is mankind who has messed it all up through sin. And so we want them to understand the process of what that is before we communicate the gospel. So that's been some of the guidelines of which we've been trying to um, to support over the years. Uh, but then there's been the one-offs. And the one-offs have, have surprised us, I feel like, with how fun it's been to mm. get away from that. Uh, so even this last year, we didn't do decision night. We didn't do the call to um, repentance or share the full gospel until Thursday night, mm. which is, you know, way well into the week. And so what was interesting is hearing some of the feedback, and Jay, you can speak into this too, of students sitting in their depravity and sitting in this, uh, this understanding that there is, there is a hopelessness that when you when you hold the cards of Jesus and God's redemptive plan through and him solving that through his son on the cross and an ultimate resurrection, I, I, I'm always amazed to hear how students were wrestling with that. Hmm. And so often I feel like we've um, almost done a disservice with students of just saying, um, hey, Jesus died for you, you know, and this, uh, you know, this positive sense of the gospel, but they, they full on miss the idea of what. Uh, what they're being saved from the need, and, yeah, right. and so, uh, you know, Jay, again, yeah, when like, it, when when you, I think this year was that, like, okay. we talked about sin on on Monday, you know, and so like you're, you, which which we have in the past, 
but we didn't do gospel until later in the week. Huh. In San Diego, it was Wednesday. Um, up here at the lake, it was it was Thursday. And so, like every day, they're seeing and feeling this separation and the depravity that we live in in a relationship without the Creator and without God. Yeah. And so, I think it it was really interesting. Where typically we talk about that. And you just present the gospel right there right. on a Tuesday. You, and you, then, you create that tension, right. but you resolve that tension very quickly, sooner, quickly. And later, yeah. sooner than later. And over the last few years, we, we would create the tension one day and then give them the gospel the next day. And speakers would be like, I just hate this. I can't like finish the game. Like, <laughs> right. it's like, this is what we're all here to do. This yeah. is what we love and what we live for at yeah. Hume and and the speakers that we hire have that same passion and desire and so this year it was even a longer attention I mean I feel like we were like like just watching students and, and the pace <laughs> and like all this stuff and it was but then to to present the gospel and the beauty of it and mm. to see the response I mean even even mm. in the fact that we were telling the grand narrative and they were hearing from the very first night that something had to die for the for the covering of the sin in Genesis three, hmm. like on the first night they're hearing that and seeing that, and that's thousands of years of tension, right? Mm -hmm. Thousands of years of tension, and uh, and then and then later in the week to 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 see the response of hmm. students and and it was really overwhelming. Honestly, I remember I would go from a Wednesday night youth pastor. Uh, meeting talking about where culture's at and 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 coming out of that just going like oh my like this is like terrifying not only last year right. but this year and just where things are at in in culture and and almost this depression and 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 like starting chapel up hearing the gospel and then seeing an overwhelming number of students stand in response oh. to their sin hmm in response to a first time decision in starting a relationship with the creator it was it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster but it was beautiful yeah. and amazing and just this this it, it's all worth it you know you spend hours and hours and hours in preparation and and that's what i love i love the sets i love the creative process the volunteers that are building and painting and sewing and doing all the work getting us to san diego even the ones that are coming up and and here at the lake like getting all the pieces in motion um for many many months um all so that we can present the gospel and see um how god is going to work and how students are going to respond to that um, it was it was an overwhelming um response this wow. year more than any other that's really cool i i think the idea of because a pastor, typically, you've got 30 minutes to create tension and then resolve tension. Yeah. I think there's a unique thing that happens mm. at camp in the sense that you know you're going to have the same people every night. Like, no pastor knows they're going to have the same. They're Absolutely. The same congregation never going to show up twice, <laughs> two weeks in a row. But the idea that I know I'm going to have the same kids, same speaker. And so a speaker can, they can relax and say, I don't have to resolve the tension. Yeah. On this night yeah and not even do I have to resolve it the next night like I could we can we can experiment with this tension and I love that you guys were willing to experiment with the tension yeah. because I think that 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 produces a, a depth of interaction a depth of reaction that when students are responding then to the gospel yeah. it's out of a out of a sincere response to I know my sinfulness I know this tension I want Jesus and I want him for real. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fun to be able to to recognize that there are sacred cows, but at the same time that we can slay them. Like that yep. there is there is the opportunity to get out of the norm, to go, what is what does the spirit want us to do? What is the scripture calling for? And really that's our priority, not not adhering to some tradition that we've always done. We've always done it this way. And so to me, that's always some of the tension, right? Is yeah. the um, the, the traditionalism that has gotten us to where we're at, but yet the willingness and the openness to deviate from it for uh, the leading of the Spirit. And so that's, that's what's the 
that's what's fun to me at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, unknown, absolutely. Yeah. The unknown of every year. Like, I don't know. We might do the gospel on Monday night. Which we have. In the past. It was yeah. so much fun. We, I, I had talked about it for a number of years with this one speaker that we had and just wanting to try that in Meadow Ranch mm. back in the day. And when we finally got to do it, this was like 12 years later or something. It was so fun. Uh, and once again, seeing, seeing the response. and Just seeing, cold yeah. turkey. Kids are showing up first night. Here's the go. gospel. Yeah. And then the rest yeah. of the week is it's this building on, building yeah. on that. And, and really how God's yeah. word and the storyline that, that we take from God's word and where the gospel is most clearly communicated yeah. in the storyline is really what we're holding to at this yeah. point. And, and so when we did Phoenix Dark, you, you can't kill Jesus the first day when you're making a case for him all week. <laughs> right. It, it was right. the Thursday decision. Once again, yeah. that was that first time we, we yeah. went that distance mm-hmm. that way. Um, and, um, you know, even that was scary. But, um, but once again, just yeah, it's, see the power it seems of the like, It seems like having a pattern interrupt like that is really important so that you don't get into a mundane yes. cycle that's just like, well, this is what we do. Well, why do we do this? We've always done it this way. Yeah, yeah. If and you, that's, yeah, and that's why we don't, we don't recycle our themes. Right. That we could come up with a seven-year curriculum that a sixth grader th- through senior, you know, wouldn't experience the same theme. And so to get out of that mundaneness and that pattern, the repetitiveness, to stay true to where the Spirit is leading us, we, we've decided, even though it's harder not to recycle, you know, pirates every seven years and cowboys every seven years and, you know, all the staple things that are fun. Yeah. But to be able to get away from that. All right. So we, that was a great overview of kind of the biblical theological approach to how the week goes and how the gospel gets presented in personal transformation. But that's not the whole story because Mm -hmm. after you guys do this, you're talking about, well, what genre do we put this into? Yeah. Like, yeah. how do we tell the story of Peter or Saul or Jesus or of the book of Acts or a biblical narrative? Like, so then it's like genre of, and you guys, you'll do stages and in various New England, same staging and all that. Um, and a yeah. essentially a, a short length, one hour film, essentially. Yeah, it's almost a mini series is kind of how we've uh, okay. been coined. What is the, the genre of that? But you're filming and stuff yeah. like that. But you have to figure out what's going to be this genre. Mm-hmm. Now, this last year with Kajua, it was kind of a fantasy jungle um, kind of a theme. In I mean, how would you describe... I, I think that's it. That was it. You know? I think, uh, you know, as we as we threw up um, different ideas, Jungle came up because we hadn't done it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to put it into the context of the story, it just was a lot of fun. But we wanted to make it our own uh, that, you know, one of the things that we try to make sure that we are always conscious of is cultural relevancy and making sure that um, uh, that we are. Oh, I can't think of the word. Um yeah, the cultural appropriation that is okay. uh, potential for some of these things. Right. You know, as as a designer, when you start to put us into certain costuming right. in a jungle genre, you don't want to appropriate Pacific Islander culture. Absolutely, right. and absolutely there's not. you know an African approach, there's a South American approach, and so you start to see all these things play out. And so, um, as we got into it as a team, it was a very formative process for even us this year to be conscientious even more so. Um, and, and so we wanted to create our own world into, okay. uh, something that existed and again, not, not ambitious know? at all. Oh, no. just create your own <laughs> no, world. Was, but you had to, we, we had, had to have, we absolutely. had to have a world that we could uh, really, you know, make the storyline come to life in mm-hmm. a, in a different setting than first century or you know like biblical times so when you're in the cabin and you're like you've got a handful of peanut m&ms and Mm -hmm. and twizzlers and peanut butter m&ms he's the peanut butter i'm the i'm the nut and you know you you know you're doing you know you're doing this grand narrative and now people are like 
let's do it in this genre. Like, what are some of the ideas that come up in that? I mean, every possible well, one you could ever think and consider is at times thrown up on the board. Absolutely. Yeah. There is no rhyme or reason. The first thing that we do is we get whiteboards and we throw up any genre, no holds barred, no naysaying, get it on the board. So what were some, do you remember what some of the things that went, that made it on the board? Oh my gosh. Well, you got your staple ones, right? Yeah. You've got your space, you've got your pirates, you got your cowboys, you got all those ones that are just medieval typical war, knights, medieval, knights. yeah. World War II, you know, all those kind of just staple genres. Then you start to get to into obscurity. And maybe I'm a little, probably a little bit more guilty in throwing up the obscurity because I just see it in a different way. But I want to say there was butlers made it to the board. We have <laughs> like had, a Downton Abbey, like a Downton uh, Abbey, but oh it was up there as butlers, you know. Oh, what uh, a story! Had, what a story! We had Zombie Bayou, zombie not just bayou. zombies, Zombie Bayou. I remember you guys talking about doing a zombie theme, but. The zombies were the good guys. Yes. It was like, we right. can't have zombies bad. The zombies are going to be the good guys. Yeah. It was like, Absolutely. well, we, on that one, we all sat there talking about zombie bayou. And, and a lot of times too, zombie like bayou. as I much thought. as it was, it was like a clear picture of how we could communicate the, the storyline and the text behind it. And, oh. and it was so clear. And yet none it of worked. us wanted to do it. We, we, we just all sat there and went, this, this would be clear. It would be, it would be like a great fun theme, but none of us wanted to do it because it was super hot right then. Exactly. And that's one of the things that we really try not to do yeah. is jump on the bandwagon. Okay. So like we probably won't be doing superheroes for a while because that's what's hot right now. All right. the Marvel stuff, right? So back in the day, it was Walking Dead. There were so many zombie movies, right. World War Z, yeah. all that was out and it was just on the board, but it worked mm -hmm. for the actual spiritual direction we were trying to head. And so we try really to go, we, we can't compare with Hollywood. We just, we, we know our limits. Yeah. And, and at that point too, like what I said about, it was a clear storyline yeah. and it really, like the analogy worked. And, and I think what we're, we've found in the process, process is that there is a vehicle or a genre or a setting that makes it clear you know you can't do peter necessarily without being on water and okay. so to have a, a a fishing or a pirate genre right. which we went pirate just with peter so clear it was just so yeah. clear all the analogies all the stories the and you fish. had the personnel i remember you guys talking about like you had a lot of long time people and you guys even partnered with some disney folks yeah. for like water effects and oh, the whole we thing yeah. for the opener it was God a blowout provides. and it was one of those things where it was like this might be our one chance to do the best pirate thing we've ever done yeah, yeah. and it was it just turned out just like the, the timing was right in so many different ways yeah, yeah the stars and moon aligned on that one for yeah sure. but even you know even looking at at king saul mm -hmm. there's so much about kingship there you just you got to do a medieval you're thing. like an arthur medieval and, yeah. yeah and i i resisted the whole he was way like, he I was like not, not like the second we went into genre he went no no there's no <laughs> like, way because we all went we all knew where we were going and he i think literally was like yeah. all right let's talk about the vehicle genre and derek went no <laughs> was it just that it would have been we, too predictable like, is no, there something about that or was no, it trite or was no. it just like you were, you know, when it's, when it's obvious, it's obvious. Yeah. And I don't ever want to fight with obvious. So in my you role, did though. <laughs> you fought hard, I fought on that one. And in my role, I'm the one who has to, in a sense, make it come to life visually yeah. speaking. So what you see on the camera, that's, that's really in my world. So when you think of medieval, you think armor, you think castles. Well, we're a Christian camp and we don't have the resources to figure out how to get armor to build and suits of armor. It, absolutely. Right. And then we live in California. We don't have a long history of castles <laughs> in, in our history. So finding even film locations, right. you know, there's a lot of hurdles that come up with certain genres that we've, you know, back in the day, we've just said, can't do it. There's and the no budget. Way. It's no. not like Hume's going to pay for everybody to go over to England and uh, absolutely. find some old abandoned no. castle. Right. No. And, you know, when you're talking about medieval stuff, that's a lot of numbers when you talk about armies and, right. you know, the, the scale the, of it. The, the scale. scale. Oh, yeah, it's huge. huge. And that's the beauty of it, too. I think to see God provide in those ways, we 
we use so many volunteers to do this stuff. I mean, 95% mm -hmm. of the stages and costumes and everything that we do is all done with volunteers. Yeah, and so blessed. when when Jim Allen the year before brought that that so he he made he made us a vacuum form machine yeah. the year prior to this medieval theme. And that was the only way in my head that I felt like we could maybe come close to figuring out how to do armor. So rather than doing metal suits of armor okay. and try, or Halloween costume type. You did like the Batman molding so kind of thing. I spent a couple. Uh, a lot of nights, a lot Derek. Of, a lot of time in our basement <laughs> sculpting the armor huh. and then making the molds and then vacuum forming it with plastic and then huh. painting and strapping and just a lot of work that went into yeah, it. But a lot of work. Uh, that, it made it possible to you have an army. figured out how to do Absolutely. that major, that major yeah. hurdle. And yeah. then with a little movie magic. Uh, multiplying, you know, an army, and uh, we just we we had a huge army. It was crazy. <laughs> I never thought we would be able to do it. Yeah, you guys. Yeah. So it's also this film. So there's there's filming, but there's also post production. So even oh, this last man. year, there was a little CGI. Yeah. Lots when did of, CGI? Lots, lots of CGI. Really? Okay. After yeah. yeah. So oh. so Josh Fapp came on the team, and Forsaken last year was his first uh, his first endeavor, and we threw him right into the frying pan, and. Uh, uh, once we started to figure out that we needed an army, that's kind of was our first approach to doing, you know, computer graphic stuff. And so uh, he figured out how to multiply an army. We filmed it right. We had everything set up. So there was a lot in the pre-production to make sure that you're prepared for the post-production side right. of it, too. So that was a lot of fun. And so Josh has been one of those guys who's been willing to learn and and just absorb YouTube videos and tutorials and just push himself for the sake of making this thing quality. Yeah. And so that's where he's been and um, knew a little bit before, but had some good friends that gave him some, some insights and off we went. And okay. So a lot and that's, of it's, that's the post-production side, but in order yeah. to have a film, you have to have a script yeah. and that's, that yeah. is its own genre. Yeah. And so how do you guys accomplish script writing? So a very talented guy named Ben Akina who, um, when, when a number of years ago, when we were working in Meadow Ranch, um, Derek and I both have our roots in, in Meadow Ranch and, um, Ben, um, was, was a summer staffer. He wanted to take a crack at writing some scripts for us as we were going from like just skits to like a drama that carried out throughout right. the, the entire week. And so he started writing those and then eventually now is our main script writer for okay. the film and um, does some winter stuff and different things for us as well but that's once again just the beauty of it like he's a youth pastor um, and worship leader in Modesto California awesome and that's that's what he does day in and day out and then he'll write these amazing amazing scripts that that have um, daily teaching points mm -hmm. in them. So and, much goes in. Oh, oh so many, revisions. so much, so much. And then storyline throughout oh. all of which points back to, um, to scripture. Yeah. That's so we, a, yeah, go ahead. So he basically just gives us what, you know, the first part of that process is us pitching the spiritual idea to him and then saying, Hey, we want a zombie by you, whatever it is, you know, medieval well, theme. And he's the one that got us out of that. Like we okay. would worked ourselves into this corner and they're and like couldn't get out. We called Ben. Ben yeah. showed up, and like, literally, forty-five minutes later, I think we had a whole new genre of vehicle. Solve it, yeah. And, yeah. But he'll basically write us a, what we call a treatment, and that is a couple pages of just saying, "Hey, here's the major plot lines. Here's some character descriptions," and uh, that kind of helps us uh, really get an overview of the process of that we're about to go in. Um, what we don't want to do is ever make Ben rewrite multiple pages worth of content because we missed it on the treatment. Right. So we really want to pay close attention to that first attempt, you know, in an exhaustive, uh, exhaustive plot line. Yeah. And then he'll develop the rough draft and major revisions as it goes back to the camp directors. And we fine tooth comb it and make sure that we're um, moving in the right direction and ultimately final drafts. And that's kind of the so good. And we'll have links, been. we'll have links to this and you can see the genres that these guys have tackled over the years and others that before them have tackled, just get down to brass tacks when it comes to like the speakers. Cause it, this all comes down to mm. essentially you've got, you've got worship and then you have a, um, a speaker stand on the stage and 
present a 30 to 45 minute message that hits that point. How are you guys interacting with speakers? What are you looking for in speakers? I mean, if there are people listening to this podcast that think I, maybe one day I'd love to do camp speaking or something like that. What are the sorts of things that you're looking for in a someone who's going to stand on the stage and do this? Kind well, of thing? more than anything, I think we have such a passion and a love for God's word um, and finding speakers that are just as passionate about God's word and able to communicate it um, in an exciting and fun way and 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 guys that are living it out day in and day out um, walking the walk and talking the talk is so so important for us and so someone who's just as passionate as we are about communicating God's word um, but also can do that for high school and junior high students yeah, is, is really really important who can so, hold at that audience yeah, is, yeah exactly yeah. The, the uniqueness part of, uh, of our speakers is what we're looking for is you have to remember that there's 20 to 30 guys sitting in that audience that could get on that stage right. and do it. Right. Yeah. And so really for me, philosophically speaking, um, back in the day, I would always look for guys who stood out in personality, right? That they were, they were unique people who uh, students would be drawn to. Clearly, we want them to have the biblical foundations and the understanding. That's the first, you know, the first out the gates thing. But to me, it was like, what makes you different? Okay. What makes you stand out amongst those guys? Because, mm -hmm. again, you know, you got 20 guys who could easily jump up on that stage and do just as enough of a great job as right. the other guy. And so um, the other thing, too, that I know we are always trying to um, uh, challenge our speakers with is uh, we spend a lot of time developing a theme. And back in the day, it used to be the type of speakers who would come with their kind of canned messages. Bring your six. Bring right? your six your be best, best messages. Your best, right. nail it, and then, hey, we got this cool theme on the side. Right. And they never were congruent. And so our hope these days is that our speakers would then fall in line with where we're going and we would work in tandem and together and parallel with what the direction is that we've put a ton of time into developing, um, not only in, in prayer, but also in resource. And so I think for us, we really want a speaker who can come up and, and uh, sorry, let me back up. We, we spend those two weeks also developing what we call our speaker blog. And it's basically an outline uh, that gives every daily theme, all the scriptural basis for why we chose that daily theme underneath the umbrella of the whole scope of the theme. And, uh, and we want to make sure that they get that in a clear, sought-after way. Um, and so... The biggest thing for me that I see in our speakers is their ability to kind of bounce between the rails that we've given them. Okay. Um, the last thing that I think we want to do is give them a ladder to climb. Hey, hit this point, then this point, then this point, and this point, right? right? We want them to be able to drive on the freeway and go from lane to lane to lane, but hey, you want, we want you in this direction. Hey, you got to hit this off pass, you know, but we really want to make sure that that this is the direction you're going, but we don't want to write your message for you. Yeah. And so it's that that partnership of allowing them freedom but also making sure that they fall in line with with where we spent our time developing yeah. and so that way there's clarity for students i i love i love hearing about all these partnerships partnerships with youth pastors about what's mm. going on partnerships with a, with a youth pastor who's writing a message or who's writing a, the script partnership with the people in, on the team and then partnership with other pastors and youth pastors as you, the messages come out. Like this is, it is like born and and made within collaboration. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's such a wonderful um, team experience. And it's just something you might not see. I think a lot of people will just come up and they'll see, oh, there's a, there's a really funny guy standing on stage telling cool stories and giving the gospel. Well, that the result of that is all of this team and all of this collaboration that some youth pastor in Modesto, who's never, who's never going to step on this stage mm. uh, in front of these thousand kids had a, a hand in that nobody's ever going to know about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love the team aspect of it. It pumps me up partnership with the local church. I and mean, there's so many things about it. And I just know your guy's heart. Mm. You're not thinking about the thousand kids. You're thinking about the one kid. Yeah. And, you know, the, the overwhelming value of that one kid who's going to hear this. And I, you know, I just, 
Well, I'm obviously pretty pumped up. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a lot of fun. The process is cool. And you have to trust the process. The process yeah. of walking all the way through it, the different personalities of the camp directors and, and, and gifting. I mean, oh, the like is the so uniqueness. Fun. We use each other's strengths and giftings to, if you're good with words, you're the one that are, you're the one that's writing, you know, the purpose statement or the 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 speaker guide or whatever it is um you know the however we can delegate out but but when we're all sitting there talking and debating theology debating storyline and and where to go and how to go it is the process and um a number of years ago uh a, a book was written about the creative process in pixar um, yeah. creativity inc at capital and i remember reading that book and and literally in the first chapter I'm almost in tears I was in tears um because I'm like this is this is what we do somebody else understands it mm -hmm. and and he just at the at the end of the book just goes you have to trust the process mm -hmm. when it all comes down to it and and really that's the beauty of what we do I think is utilizing um, each other's strengths and gifts yeah. and walking through this time, which has, which has changed a ton over the years, um, to spend two weeks. I mean, but, but the importance of what we get to do in communicating God's word is really what, um, what we love to do and what Hume and the organization of Hume and our leaders um, empower us to do. And so... That's why we take the time to really flush this out the way that we do and, and get to communicate it the way we get to communicate Wow. Seth, what was the name of the book, the Pixar? Creativity Inc. Creativity Inc. So if you are a, if you're running a team at your church or you're looking at your next VBS or things like that, these are, this is great information to kind of take and to bring in and do this. Guys, thanks so much for making time. Jay, Derek, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so awesome to see you, what you guys do and, um, it's just beautiful. So thanks for making time for the podcast. Yeah, yeah no problem. So fun. What a blast. Huh? Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Loved that conversation with Jay and Derek. Um, if you'd like to see what a week at Hume Lake looks like, uh, there is a little three-minute wrap-up video to one of the weeks of the summer, um, and that's in the show notes. Take a look at that if you've never been up to Hume or seen what that looks like. Um, also, you can see a couple of full-length um, summer theme videos. So um, 2016, the theme was Bingo, where Elijah, uh, the story of Elijah was portrayed as Elijah was a farm dog, and various farm animals play the various roles in the story. Who would have thought? Um, and also 2017, uh, Forsaken, which is the story of Saul, and it's told in a medieval genre, which Derek made mention of. And you can see those full length um, online on YouTube. Uh, there's also a link for various uh, Hume Summer themes and trailers and teasers. You can see that. Also, um, the junior high camp up at Hume, uh, they don't do video. They do stage presentations of everything. So the, the Phoenix Dark theme um, where Jesus, the story of Jesus is told in a 1930s gangster detective genre. Um, check that out. Uh, that'd be worth, worth your while. Also, the book that Jay mentioned from Pixar, Creativity, Inc. There's a link in the show notes for that. So uh, we hope you're enjoying the Teaching Pastor podcast. If you could, um, if you know someone who might benefit, maybe a team, especially this episode, if there's like a team, um, VBS planning team, summer theme planning team, maybe a youth team that you have at your church, share the podcast with them. Uh, maybe it'll give them some ideas about um, what to do or even the kind of snacks that they need in order to make sense of life. So, um, yeah, share the podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. We would love it. Uh, so glad you're listening. Um, yeah, and we will catch you on the next episode of the Teaching Pastor Podcast. Fades away. I want to hear the good Lord say, well done.